Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I haven't thought about Jim Carrey in like 20 years. You're telling me there's You're a telling chance? telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Good morning. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning at the South Street Seaport Studios. We're in Lower Manhattan, Pier 17. Little rain on the way in, Key, right? A little, little rain little on the bit. way in? No, it was cool. It was <laughs> I figured it would be gone by the time we get out of here. It's New York. No doubt. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahenti, all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. If you love football, 15 minutes away, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. And then at 7.30 a.m. Eastern, Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants, entering oh, yeah. year one and week one against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. If you're watching us on ESPN News, uh, we have some uh, accessorizing to discuss real quick. On a more serious note, the late, great uh, John Thompson uh, died yesterday. We're going to talk to uh, Jim Beheim, his longtime adversary at Syracuse, a little bit later in the program. Look forward to that. And Jay is wearing the distinctive white towel that Thompson always used to have over one of his shoulders. I know Barkley did it last night on Turner. And I think it's a, it's a great little memento to kind of pay homage to a guy that probably deserved a lot more credit than he got in the moment. I also want to say this about John Thompson. Yes, he, he helped a lot of kids from the inner city have an opportunity to go to a school like Georgetown right. and play basketball. But check out his graduation rate. Mm-hmm. For players that stayed four years, it was extremely, extremely high. Over ninety-seven. Over ninety-seven percent. For four I, year guys. I think that's one of the things that people miss out. Everybody mm-hmm. automatically goes back to what he did on the basketball court, but I, he also pushed young brothers to achieve academically, which set them up for success after school. And Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier Seventeen. We're brought to you by Heineken. If you're watching us on ESPN News, I'm also accessorizing today. I lost a bet. Uh, Key and I did essentially. Don't we thought, put me in it. Okay. Well, okay, I lo- you coming. I, I you coming on bet. Friday. Uh, we thought Luca would carry the Mavericks over the Clippers. I was wrong. Nope. So Jay came over this morning and uh, adding to my lexicon. You nope. Know, I, I never heard of the word wave cap before this morning. If you're watching you can just us say on, do-rag. <laughs> do-rag. Yeah, there you go. If you're watching us this morning, this is actually a white do-rag, but the blood flow to my brain is turning this into a red do-rag right now. Is it too tight? Is it tight? Is it too tight? So I'm sweating just a little bit. I just want to mention Key is a morning radio host for years in LA, so in case I pass out. It's I got good. it, man. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to pass it off. How do you think Key got the waves so tight? You <laughs> see those things? Uh, Juju Berry in that hair, man. <laughs> I got three hours to go with this thing. Hopefully I can make it. Um, hopefully the Bucks are going to be able to turn this thing around. This is stunning. I want to hear this from Kendrick Perkins. He joined us yesterday on KJZ. I want to get your thoughts on this, Key. As soon as you hear Big Perk essentially saying and predicting that Miami would be able to upend the Bucks in game one. To me, I believe Eric Spolster got the recipe. He got multiple bodies that he could throw at Giannis. You look at a guy like Jay Crowder that I thought was the steal in that Andre Iguodala trade. And then you got Bam out of the bayou. You got Andre Iguodala. You have Jimmy Butler. They know they run back. They sprint back in transition. And they load the touch. And they take away his driving gaps. And on the offensive end for Miami, they could light it up from the three. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic. All those guys get hot. Even Jay Crowder, who's shooting pretty good right now in the playoffs, over 50%. They could get hot, and that's what Milwaukee give up is three-point shots. They load up the paint, and they make you take three-point shots. And that's what Orlando was getting. They just wasn't making them. Big credit to Big Perk. When he wakes up and joins us on time, he's pretty good. <laughs> Operative <laughs> we, we word, you, when. We love you, Perk. <laughs> what do you think about it? He makes sense. No, he, he everything he's saying does make sense. I think when you look at Jimmy Butler, you you understand what 
they're allowing things to, to do in terms of knocking down the threes. But the perimeter game in general, if, if, if Milwaukee wants to clog the middle with all the length that they have, then guess what? We're going to shoot from the outside. And then when you come step out, we'll drive and penetrate. So it, it, Spolstra is one of those coaches that because LeBron James was there and D-Wade was there, he didn't necessarily get the credit to take a team that wasn't as all-star heavy to the next level. And you can see it now with Jimmy Butler. They went out and got a guy that had the dog in him. Giannis had 18 points last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. You're about you're to be back-to-back be, MVP. Like, you're supposed to be the guy. Right. Like, right, like literally the guy. And if you're the guy, you don't have 18 points. You wind up getting 32, 28, and, and the rest of the guys get the 18. That's the way that I look at it. Because even when a guy, a star guy like LeBron James has an off night, I'm not worried about that because he's given me a body of work, Jake, for so long that if he had an off night, it's like, okay, well, he just he did something else. He it was either the assist, it was either playing on the defensive end. Giannis is just one of those guys. It's like for whatever it is, the playoffs is just it's got a negative connotation for him. You guys ready for it? Go for it. Giannis in the regular season is one A. Giannis in the postseason is one B. Mm. Now, what that means is regular season, he's going to be the MVP because his numbers dominate. He's a skinny version of Shaquille O'Neal. I've been saying this for the past couple of years. Mm. The lack ultimately of the skill set in the playoffs and not being able to get to the rim and just punish people because teams are building walls against him, make him a 1B. So I'll ask you this. If we're looking at the top five players in the league, LeBron James, is he 1A or 1B, Keyshawn? Well, he's a... Just answer the question. Is He's he 1A or 1B? Negative zero. Okay, great. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, 1A or 1B? 1A. If Kevin Durant were top five, 1A or 1B? He's a 1A. Luka, 1A or 1B? 1A. James Harden, 1A or 1B? 1A. Giannis, 1A or 1B? That's all I'm saying. The fact that you have to take a second to think about this is ultimately what troubles you a little bit about Giannis. Defensive player, great. Should he have locked down Jimmy Butler? Great. Had a good game last night. It's always going to give you volume numbers. But when it comes down to big plays, can he knock down a mid-range jump shot? Can he do those little things? And ultimately, if they lose this series, I'm not going to – look, I jumped on Portland. I was wrong. I I said that I ultimately thought the Lakers were going to win that series. And it's one game. Milwaukee can bounce back. But if you need a play down the stretch, Kobe Bryant, go get me one. LeBron James – Go get me one. James Harden, go get me one. Luca, go get me one. KD, go get me one. Giannis, I'm not sure I'm going to ask you to go get me one. Let, let me let me clear this up real quick before your Twitter people attack you. <laughs> you okay. you're, you're not saying that Shaq is like a Giannis in the postseason. You're saying down low is pretty much the perimeter or the, the the box game is where Shaq kind of got his money yet. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Okay, because I just want to clear it up because it, when it came out, it sounded like something different, and I don't want the Twitter people going crazy. Let me ask you this, though, about Shaq. Could Shaq have one? I mean, look, you always need a counterpart. I'm yeah. not saying that you don't need a yeah. counterpart, right? But if, if Shaq didn't have Kobe or D-Wade, would if Shaq have won championships? Because I'm, I'm just saying down the stretch, and Shaq, was, I don't think, Shaq is I don't one of the most think, dominant players I, I, of all time. I don't think anybody – 
and you played in the NBA, and I've watched the NBA. I don't think anybody can win a championship without a counter strong punch. I agree with that. Not anybody. I don't I, care who it. Kobe. Uh, uh, so here's LeBron the had Kyrie when for a couple games here and there. And you you just can't do it. So here's a question: Down the stretch, what counterpart is more important? Well, it depends on what you need. So um, if so, I'm if I'm pushing on, it down low, if right? You, if you can't shoot free throws, uh-huh. which we saw Giannis struggle to do, yes. If you can only dominate people, I mean, Shaq first off was he, he's different. I mean, I I say he's a skinny, skinny version of Shaq. I mean, Shaq weighed 300 plus pounds. There's a picture second of the time around. Yeah, there's a picture or of the internet of him dunking over everybody on, on the New Jersey Nets team. Um, I, I get that. You can't stop that. That's a, that's a force yeah, of that nature. that was different. It's a force of nature. But I guess what I'm saying about Giannis, if you build a wall in the paint and you can't get to he, the paint. He, he has nothing else for you. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? So you need another player who's willing to take those shots down the stretch that makes those tough perimeter shots. Like you've had Kyrie, you have D-Wade, you have players. All these other players can do that. And I think that's the one thing that kind of leaves you wanting more from Giannis. Is it? Is it? Well, he hasn't developed the elbow game yet, right? He doesn't. He hasn't done that yet, where he can face you up and just hit that shot. There's no real perimeter threat on the threes yet, on a consistent basis. And then Bledsoe, along with Middleton, those guys are good NBA players, but not the next level. Like can LeBron? Like if you asked me and you said, if you switch out Giannis and put LeBron on that team with those guys, do I feel like LeBron can lead them to a championship? Absolutely, yes. $250 million Supermax is on the table for Giannis. Jay, are you essentially saying real quick that uh, you would be just a little skittish before you gave somebody a quarter no, bill? I, no, I'm giving him the money. Okay. I'm giving him the money. I mean, he's worth the money. I'm just saying, like, I, I think that we have to be realistic. You can have the money and be a Supermax guy but we ultimately, like, I can't talk about Giannis in the same breath that I'm going to talk about Kevin Durant, that I'm going to talk about LeBron James, that I'm going to talk about. Now, regular season awards, I get it. The numbers were better than what they were last year. But ultimately, that's why we have not seen Giannis have a finals MVP. That's something that he wants more than anything. You can sit here and tell me all the regular season awards, you can have them all you want. It doesn't mean anything if you don't have a finals MVP his, at the end of the day. His postseason success hasn't been there in his young career. Eventually, maybe it gets there, but he will need some help, whether it's in Milwaukee or on the move somewhere else. He'll need some help to be able to do that. And that leads to the big-time question, Keyshawn. You know, Giannis has said multiple times he's not about going to work out with other guys. He's not about being guys' friends. You know, he likes this whole thing. He's going to do it by himself, which ultimately I respect, right? I, I respect that. I like the hard work. Come with me approach instead of me going with you approach even though I think the game has changed. Dame is trying to do that in Portland right now. But ultimately, you can say that maybe down in the stretch, maybe that's why Dame won't win a championship. Who wants to go to Portland, right? Will we find a superstar that wants to go to Milwaukee? Or will it inevitably be Giannis may have to be realist about this and say, hey, do I go to a Miami? I'm not- do I go to a Golden State? Do I go to a team that maybe fits into the style of what I play? That's going to be a question we're going to have to talk about if they don't win it this year. Yeah, not trying to go to Milwaukee. Sorry. <laughs> Giannis is 25. The Bucks have not been to the NBA Finals since 1974. Last note, Eric Bledsoe did not play in Game 1. No excuses, but that obviously could have aided Milwaukee. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are 11 minutes away from being joined by New York Giants head coach Joe Judge. They will open the season on Monday Night Football on ESPN against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The guys are rocking out here on ESPN News. And if you're watching on ESPN News, yes, I'm wearing a do-rag. It's a long story. Hang with us. We'll get to it. (laughs) In time, in due time. Get him. It's a pleasure to be joined on the Shell Pennzoil performance line by NFL insider Dan Graziano. There is so much to talk about. Key, we got football in 10 days. Texans, Chiefs, let's just hope we get there. Dan, good morning. First things first, Alvin Kamara and the Saints. What is going on down there between these two with Kamara leaving camp? Yeah, interesting situation to watch, no doubt about it. Obviously, Alvin Kamara heading into the final year of his rookie deal, a deal he has outplayed. Wants a new contract. Uh, no secret there. Similar situations with the Joe Mixon in Cincinnati and Dalvin Cook in Minnesota all over the place. Uh, but uh, Adam Schefter reporting yesterday that he's missing practice and that it's contract related. Now, this is a tricky situation because you're trying to thread a needle here. If you're the Saints and Kamara and you want to get a deal done, which my understanding is that they do, both sides do, um, you have to be careful. You don't. Sometimes if the deal is close, they don't have the player work, you know, in practice. And sometimes if the, uh, if, uh, you know, if the player wants to hold out, he holds out. But the new CBA states that if the player reports to camp on time but then later withholds his services for what they call a material period of time, uh, he could be docked in a crude season. Like the, if the Saints wanted to push this and he's skipping practices for his contract – they could say, well, you don't get your fourth accrued season, so you're a restricted free agent instead of an unrestricted free agent next year, and obviously he doesn't want that. So something worth watching. I, I get the sense that they could get a deal done here in the next week, week and a half that makes everybody happy. But uh, the longer it goes, the weirder it gets. Dan, the Cincinnati Bengals have decided to name the starting quarterback in Joe Burrow uh, yeah. after no offseason conditioning, a, none of those sort of things. Is it is that – Right? Is that the time to do it? Is it right now? Well, who else is going to be? I mean, like, that's their guy. They, they just took him number one. They let Andy Dalton go. I, I think this was, like, the least suspenseful announcement of the entire NFL offseason, right? I mean, Burrow's starting for the Bengals. And Look, I mean, I had a conversation yesterday We're working on a story about rookie quarterbacks. I was talking to Zach King. You know, everything about Burrow is just super positive. He said, look, we're at the point now where you're out on the field. And you don't even talk about him being a rookie quarterback. It doesn't feel that way. He's talking about how his communication is at such a high level. And especially in this offseason where they haven't been on the field very much, 
so the, the ability of him to, to function at a high level in meetings, know how to talk to coaches, not be afraid to say what he likes and what he doesn't like, you know, command of, of, uh, of the huddle, et cetera, et cetera. So they're, they're thrilled with him. They, they, I mean, Taylor told me, he said, look, we, we expect him to hit the ground running and play well right out of the gate. That's where we feel he is right now in terms of his ability. They love the receivers they have around him. They're excited about the left tackle, Jonah Williams, who was a first-round pick last year, last year and didn't even play because uh, he got hurt in camp. So they think he'll, he'll be a helper. So, yeah, they have very, very high hopes for the kid, and, and it's, not, um, it's not a surprise that they're, they're going full steam ahead with him. Dan, take me to the Jags at Wave, Leonard Fournette. What's the best possible situation for him to go to now? Oh, well, same as almost everybody, the Chiefs, right? I mean, like Damian Williams opted out of the season for COVID reasons, and you know that coaches and Andy Reid, you know, like to have depth at running back. So, yeah, if I'm Fournette, that's the call I'm, I'm most excited to get because they just won the Super Bowl and everybody thinks they're going to win the next six. So, yeah, that would, that would be the best spot for him, I think, uh, from his standpoint. I mean, Chicago makes some sense with David Montgomery banged up. Washington, you know, they, they're not sure what they have at that position yet. I, I think he'll land somewhere for sure. Uh, but those are some of the spots that, that make sense uh, if you're trying to add a running back this late in the game. ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano is here. Last thing, Dan, Bill Belichick not exactly throwing out plaudits over his NFL coaching career, but I want – you to listen to what he told Sirius XM NFL Radio yesterday about Cam's competitive zeal. Everybody's competitive, but I think there are different degrees of it. And, you know, it looks like I would, based on what I've seen, I would put him in the, you know, top echelon of that. Um, but his competition extends way beyond the field. It's, you know, off the field and, you know, in meetings and, and you know, training and so forth. Um you know, it's important to him to be the first guy up the hill when we run sprints. And, you know, it's important to him to, you know, to be first in everything that he competes in. And, and you can see the effort and, the, um, you know, the, the amount of energy that he puts into that. So I'd say those are some of the Good. things that have, have, you know, jumped out, you know, in, in the month or so that we've done here, you know, in person. Hey, Dan, did he talk about Tom Brady like that in training camp over the I years? Don't, I don't remember. Maybe I got to think back about 20 years. Was he talking about? No, at that point, it was still what? Bledsoe. No, look, it, it's, it's fascinating, right? Because I think that was part of Brady's issue there. It was like he, he felt underappreciated. Uh, I, I, you always wonder what Belichick's up to, right? Like my, <laughs> my first thought is he trying, to, he trying to trade him, right? He's trying to talk somebody into coming and getting him. But you also – the other thing is, like, the best coaches know their, their personnel and how to coach the individuals they have. So, you know, it's possible that Cam Newton is a guy, and Belichick's identified this, that needs the praise, that needs to be told he's great, that needs, the, you know, the coach talking about him like that to get the best out of him, whereas Belichick might have seen Tom Brady as a guy who functions best with a chip on his shoulder, right? The sixth-round pick that keeps a list of all the quarterbacks that were taken ahead of him. So it could be that. I'm fascinated to see how this goes. We've heard nothing but positives out of New England on Cam Newton. Uh, we're a week and a half away from probably seeing it in person. I'll be at that game. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm fascinated to see what Belichick's up to with this. Dan, thank you. That game, by the way, will be the Pats opener against the Miami Dolphins. Dan, thank you very much. My pleasure. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you, ESPN Audio at Home, via your smart speaker, the way to go. ESPN Audio at Home, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Zubin, can I ask a question? Go ahead. Uh, Keyshawn was yawning 
shaking his head when he Dan was, was talking I about no, the Brady like, part. Yeah, the Brady he was just part. shaking his like, uh, uh, he's not giving. It, was that due to the fact that you, you don't think that Coach Belichick would have to give words of affirmation to a person like Cam? No, I, I just think that those questions were never really asked about Brady. People want to know how Cam is doing. What is Cam doing? What is he? Is he this? Is he that? There were never questions asked about Tom Brady like that. That's why I'm like, yeah, I'm shaking my head because if you think and you go back, Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe in the middle of a season. It wasn't like he started training camp and people were like, what's he like? Is he, do you like his hair? Do you like, so it's a little bit different. That's why I'm shaking my head because the, the Cam situation is just like, what do you think he is? He's like a ghost or something. Like, what do you think Cam is? He's human. And the coach is human. And the question was asked about his player. So he's giving you an answer about the player. He works hard. And as he said, they all work hard. Some people work harder. That's all. But I, I would say this, too. I mean, as opposed to that, like, I, I love that. Different strokes are different folks. Absolutely. You know, Keyshawn, you're going to be motivated a different way than I'm going to be motivated. And maybe the continuity that Bill Belichick had with Tom Brady from spending time with each other like that for that long, he didn't feel like maybe he had to do that kind of stuff for Tom Brady. Whereas he was asked a question, he answered it, but maybe at the same time, it is plausible that Absolutely. actually him saying positive things about Cam, those words of affirmation can help a guy like Cam who's trying to figure out a new system, whether he belongs in New England, whether he can actually live up to the expectations. That's okay. No, it, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, for me, listening to what Dan was saying and listening to Belichick, it's more about the question that was answered. I mean, mm. the question that was asked, so therefore he answered the question. Fair enough. The New York Giants head coach Joe Judge is two minutes away. But first, your Sports Center update. Right wing Baisley dared to shoot a three, drives by Covington down the lane, kicks it left corner to Paul, open, casts a three that's on line, to shake it under money ball, CP3 4 3, his second three point of the last three games. That's a big one. He has 20 points. Thunder by seven, 91 84. That was on WWLS 98.1, the sports animal. Chris Paul, 28, 15 in the fourth. He don't look 35. We got a game seven tomorrow between the Thunder and the Rockets. OKC wins 104-100. Butler with 40 in game one. Heat over the top-seeded Bucks. Butler's 40, making him the third player in Heat history with a 40-point game in the postseason. This is good company. Joining Dwayne Wade, who did it seven times, and the King, who did it three times. And on a more serious, sober note, the National Football League is taking over the investigation regarding the Washington football team. Owner Dan Snyder had hired his own attorney, Beth Wilkinson, to look into charges of sexual harassment throughout the organization. But last night, essentially, Commissioner Roger Goodell informed him that the league was going to be taking over. Probably seems like the right thing to do. It certainly seems like a much more objective investigation if the league and not the team is investigating itself. Sports Center brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is more choices when it comes to getting what you need. Whether it's free same-day pickup, in-store or curbside, or free next-day delivery, they're always ready to help you get what you need fast and get back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. 
AutoZone. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. It is a pleasure to welcome in Joe Judge. He is the first-year head coach, of course, of the New York Giants with the Nick Saban and Bill Belichick seal of approval. He's got quite the resume. The Giants will take on the Steelers on ESPN's Monday Night Football in week number one. Coach, good morning. I want to start by asking you to respond to some of the comments that Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard have made that they would potentially be open to boycotting Giants games this season. What are your thoughts on that? Well, look, we've had a lot of discussions as a team. We've given them open forms for players only. We've discussed it with the coaches and players together, and I've had private conversations with a lot of those guys. Um, I just say, you know, look, right now the guys are focused on action, of what we're doing within the community, with our team at Teams initiative. You know, each team's working with different community resources and trying to stay active within the, you know, areas of New York and New Jersey, excuse me, that we live in. So I'd say on top of that, we've got enough going on our plate right now with training camp. These are conversations in terms of what's going on in society, that we're going to continue, not only now, but throughout the year. And, look, we'll see how things develop and unfold, but right now we're not going to live in hypotheticals. Right, that, that, that would be true, Coach, hey, living in hypotheticals. So, but I'm going to let you live for a little bit here. Um, you know, <laughs> right? It, it, you know, there's going to be criticism, and there's criticism already, and it's that way because you coached under Bill Belichick and you got the opportunity to be the head coach of the Giants. With that being said, there's been so many different reports of your style, whether it's running coaches, something Bill Parcells did, uh, Bill Belichick, whether it's taking off jerseys of the quarterback, uh, the style in which you approach. And there's been other coaches that have not had success in the NFL or college that was under Bill Belichick's tutelage. What do you say to the naysayers that are out there that think you're going down that same road? Well, you know what? First off, I enjoyed my time in Foxborough. I learned a lot from Coach Belichick. But I've learned a tremendous amount from a lot of guys I've worked under and played under. And, you know, and I'm taking things from everyone I've worked under and played under things that I believe in, things I think that are important to building a winning culture and sustaining over time. But I'm doing everything in my own personality, Keyshawn. You know, I'm not trying to imitate or emulate anybody. You know, this is, it's got to be genuine. It's got to be sincere. You know how it is. You lie to the players, you're going to lose them forever because they can see right through that. Absolutely. You know, so I'm me. And, uh, you know, I think our players have a pretty good feel for who I am. Uh, I'm pretty straightforward with those guys. I don't have a lot of time to, you know, mix fluff and try to, you know, make everything sunshine and rainbows. I think that it's you know, my responsibility and duty to tell them the straight truth so they can work on improving what they have to and we can get better as a team. When when you took this job, obviously the pandemic wasn't quite here yet. Now you have to navigate through this, having no real off season, no real uh, training camp, so to speak. How tough has it been for you to, to, to be in this position? Well, we're all dealing with the same obstacles. There's 32 teams. We all had to deal with the pandemic. You know, football's a game of sudden change. And you got a lot of things you have to adapt to and adjust to in life. So, you know, look, it's really no different for us than it is for everybody else. And we all have the same challenges. It's just about how we react to them and, and how we prepare going forward. And we've taken that approach. I think our players done a tremendous job adjusting and really embracing the vehicles we've had, whether it's in spring working through Zoom on kind of the virtual meetings. You know, now that we have the opportunity to be in person and go through training camp, you know, that's been very positive. It's been great being around these players on a daily basis. You know, we've made a lot of progress. I'm proud of the way our team's working every day. I'm, I'm happy with the coaching staff we have in here and how they're teaching. So, you know, right now I'm very encouraged by the attitude we've had to embrace all the challenges and go forward. Coach Judge, Jay Williams here. You know, I, I've heard you at multiple pressers. Um, every time I hear you speak, you're very matter of fact, which I appreciate as a Giants fan. I want to ask you a question as a human being, though. 
Uh, you okay. can take Coach Judge the hat off and become Joe Judge, just a human being. How 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 are you handling everything as it relates to the New York City market and the expectations that come along with it? That's a lot of pressure to be under all the time. I mean, to be completely honest with you, it, it's just hey, listen, I control what I control. You know, I, I, I can't pay attention to everything that's going on out there. What's important is that I listen to our players. You know, that I have a beat on what they're feeling, what they're you know responding to, and then I focus my energy on that. Look. New York should not be an easy place to play a coach. It shouldn't be. It should be tough. You know, it's a tough It's a tough town. There's a lot of tough people in it. You know, that's the mentality we're embracing as a team. You know, you got to be tough to be here. So it should be tough. You know, if you're looking for something that is going to be easy and they're not going to be critical, then you're probably somewhere where your job isn't valued anyway. And that's not really a fun atmosphere to be in. Coach, Jason Garrett comes over from the Dallas Cowboys to be your new offensive coordinator and, and working – with uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. Are you guys going to do something similar offensively to what the Cowboys did, or are you going in a totally different direction? Well, I think with every with every coach, there's a history of what they've done, and you draw from what your experience in the past have been, but ultimately we have to do what fits these players. So you start out with an initial base of you know what your initial playbook looks like, and then it takes shape and forms around the personnel you have on the roster. And that changes week by week, and it changes by opponent because you have to be able to work and match opponent's strengths and try to expose their weaknesses. So every week, you know, the game plan has to be different. It has to be tailored towards who we're playing and who we have available on our roster. So are there going to be similarities? Well, it's, it's the same guy calling plays, so there's going to be some similarities in style. At the same time, you know, we watch tape every day of practice. We're very critical. We're always looking at what do we have to do here for our players, we're always looking to make adjustments. So, you know, obviously Jason has a history of a player as a player and a coach within certain offenses that, you know, he's taken things from in his philosophy. But ultimately, it's about the players we have here that we have to work with. Mm-hmm. There were reports a couple of days ago that you were considering, you know, Daniel Jones popping pads with him. Um, did that happen? And if it didn't, uh, why would you say that you were considering doing that in the first place, Coach? Well, it's all about getting their bodies physically ready, Jay. I mean, we got to remember that, you know, if the first hit these guys take, and I'm not talking about put these guys on a live tackle and trying to light them up and knock their helmet off, but if you take a, you know, a tackling shield or something and just kind of pop their pads a little bit and get them used to contact as they're dropping back, sit in the pocket and feel it, you know, crowd down on them, that's something that's very important for our players in terms of, you know, how they react to the contact. Probably the most important thing about a live scrimmage for the offensive players isn't necessarily, you know, just getting contact, it's experiencing getting tackled. You know, you have to actually learn how to train your body and, you know, brace for the contact and then going to the ground with ball security, but also going to the ground safely. You know, these are things that people take for granted that, okay, when we go out there on week one, that's the first time someone's got a hit and he's a pro, he should be used to that. Well, the truth is it's been over eight months since these guys have played football and had any kind of contact. So we have to prepare their bodies for everything that they're going to, you know, feel and face you know, when it's live action. You know, we're doing all of our players a tremendous disservice if we don't prepare them physically the way we're preparing them mentally. Coach, and that get- all comes down to having a healthy, safe team. You know, we've got to get these guys out there and let them practice in a physical manner. We have to build up their endurance, okay, and also build up their physicality so that they can go out there and play safely and effectively. Coach, you get veteran Logan Ryan back on a one-year deal mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. How big is that for you and the team? You know, I think Logan's, you know, he's a guy that I have a history with. Um, you know, he should add some flexibility to our defensive backs right there. All of our guys have been working hard, making a lot of progress. Um, I haven't seen Logan now since we played him. 
in the playoffs last year. So, you know, be anxious to get them in the building and start working with them. But I'm excited about the addition. Coach, I'm tired of talking about football. Tell me, tell me one of your funniest Bill Belichick moments that you've had with him. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to hear this. This is good stuff. You know what? I'll tell you what. It's kind of um, kind of sometimes you just got to be you know ready for you know anything. And um, you know when I interviewed with him, you know it was a quick interview. I, I spent about twelve hours on the board with you know the rest of the coaching staff going through things. You go in there with Bill, and as you're kind of running down some some football, some personnel, some kind of your own personal history, you know look you're sitting there in the middle of it. He's obviously got a thousand things going on, so he's talking to me, but he's also getting ready at the same time for whatever event he had that night. Well, I don't really understand what's going on. So in the middle of the conversation, Bill stands up and takes his shirt off. And, you know, before I realize he's putting on a button-up shirt, I'm thinking, is this some kind of a mental test? Like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> you know, he's, he's trying, to see, trying to see if I crack in the middle of my sentence. So I just keep on talking. You know, as I'm talking, he's getting, you know, getting changed in front of me. And we just laugh about it now. We kind of talk about it all the time. It's like, yeah, you know, Bill's always kind of doing more than one thing at a time. So, but he, I'll tell you what, he was great to work for. I enjoyed every day for it. I learned a lot. It was a lot of fun to be around. Was there a two pack? Was there a three pack? Was there a four pack? Was it, was it, 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 what are we talking about here? I'm just asking. He's okay. (laughs) Hey, Bill, Bill gets after in the weight room now. Don't, don't, don't put the videos light on that. There is no way we're going to be able to top that. So let's get out of here on that. Joe judge and the giants will open the Joe judge era on Monday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers coach. Best of luck. And thanks for joining us this morning. Good luck, Joe. Good luck. Rooting for you, man. Guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. I got to be honest. I, I, want, I want him to win. I want him to win. Well, you're I, a fan. I, right? I, yeah, you're and I am. And I know a lot of people, you know, always compare to Bill Belichick and, and the style and is it too militant and, you know, but sometimes you need to get players to buy into something bigger than themselves. And I know there's a lot of egos and Keyshawn, you can talk about this as it relates to being Why on the football field. you say egos and say talk about Because it, I think those two <laughs> things go together, but it's okay. I, I'm just saying sometimes I, I think you need to – you know, force teams to think as one unit instead of a, as a collective bunch of individuals. And if these styles or strategies seem to work, if they get this team to mold, that's all you can ask for. Well, like Coach was just saying there, and, and he referred to me, I believe, because of football. And it may be different than basketball. Z? Yes. But if I smell you and it doesn't smell right, I'm through with you. Like that in football. And that's what he – Understand. So that's a good thing. He understands that he needs to be authentic and he needs to be real. Yeah. And if he wants to be a no-nonsense guy, be a no-nonsense guy, but you need to win. And he understands that. Mm-hmm. He, that that's, a, that's a good thing. It's like the first conversation I had with Sean McVay of the L.A. Rams. Mm. Sean McVay said to me on a sidebar, what is it that I need to do, Key, to be successful? And I told him, I said, stay yourself and don't lie. Because if you lie and you're looking at players in their eyes and you're lying, you through. And they'll know. They, they, they will know that you're lying. And I can't Joe trust that, you. Right? Absolutely. That. that is key for NFL coaches. But some of them don't ever get it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see them being run out the building. Because yeah, they, yeah. they, they just don't get it. Some of them don't get it. That's, what, that's why you appreciate the Sean Paytons, the Bill Parcells, the, the Zims. Uh, uh, same the, tree. All those guys, oh, same you, tree. You right? appreciate those guys, Coach Lynn, those guys, right. because they uh, – Mike Tomlin, Tony Dungy. You appreciate those guys because they're not used car salesmen. Just tell me how it is and the rest is yeah, on me. That, tell me how it is. The rest That's, is on me. 
That's it. I remember Coach Parcells telling me when he took over in 97, I need you to do this. And if you don't, you might as well pack your bags. And that's it. That's all I need to hear. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're at the South Street Seaport, Lower Manhattan, over in Queens, they're starting the U.S. Open. From A to Z, brought to you by Dell. Dell just announced their Labor Day sale. Save up to 50% on powerful business computers with Intel Core processors that will help you keep you ahead of the competition. 877-ASK-DELL. Once again, call 1-877-ASK-DELL. I mentioned the U.S. Open there in Flushing. Coco Goff's been eliminated. The darling of tennis the last couple of years, she's out in round one. Anastasia Sevastova. Took out the teenager 6357 16-year-old star. Her earliest exit from a Grand Slam. Obviously, she's only played in four here, but she's used to going deep and captivating the tennis world, but we'll have to look for another big star in the Fortnite. Savasosa is actually ranked number 31 in the world, so Coco Goff isn't ranked yet, and Key alluded to this in the first hour. Our playing in that stadium, Arthur Ashe Arena, without fans, has to be hard to muster up your own energy. Especially with the energy that the U.S. Open does provide. If you're watching it on ESPN News, it is crazy to see a 20,000-seat stadium with nobody in it. As he's seemingly done all season for the Thunder, Chris Paul delivering again when he needed to the most at the age of 35, scored eight of OKC's final 12 points, including the two go-ahead free throws with 13.1 seconds to go, 104-100. OKC is forcing a Game 7 on Wednesday against the Rockets. And CP3 the, say, I know who y'all are. <laughs> no doubt about it. And this is interesting. Jay was very hot on this. We're going to talk about here this in 20 seconds. The Pelicans forward Brandon Ingram capped off a breakthrough season by winning the NBA's Most Improved Player Award Monday night. He'll turn 23 tomorrow, so happy early birthday to Brandon Ingram. Set career highs in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Three-point percentage as well, which is obviously very important in this league, and free throw percentage Uh, Bam Adebayo was the runner-up. I actually thought he should have won it, but who cares what I think. Ingram was the second overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft, and that's the rub for Jay Will when you are drafted that high in any NBA draft. Is this the sort of award, Jay, you should be trying to win? I think you probably feel that's just not something that could go together with somebody that's a top-two overall pick. I mean, uh, a lottery pick that actually meets expectations Right. So, I mean, number two pick, uh, we expected Brandon Ingram to have this kind of 
I expected him to have this kind of season coming sooner or later. Uh, same way, if you're using that same terminology or that, that same equation that's applicable to Brandon Ingram, then you have to use it towards Luka Doncic, who got Rookie of the Year last year. But and he now, finished third. And yeah, but now he's actually finished. Now he's actually top five, top six, top seven players in the league, right? I think this was a missed opportunity by the league. I'm happy that Brandon Ingram got it. I think Bam Adebayo could have gotten it. But one of the guys that I, I thought that I would have loved to see him win this award uh-huh. is Devontae Graham, mm. who plays for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, you know, he got drafted early second round, got drafted two years ago, had no numbers pretty much his rookie year to this year averaging 18 points per game, seven and a half assists. You know, actually was fourth in the NBA in buzzer beaters, had a phenomenal hmm. year. And that's a guy most improved second round to what he's doing now as a starter to being a staple guy in Charlotte for that team. I thought he should have won the award. He should have definitely got more than two votes for first place. It, it's good to see B.I. bounce back, though, right? I mean, he had a tough start out there in L.A. I agree with that. He had a tough start in L.A., obviously going through coaching changes and hmm. all sorts of stuff. And then. You know, when you look at Luca, Luca played overseas as a 13 year old, kind of grew up playing men basketball. So he's not, you know, even though he's young in the NBA game, he's not young in pro basketball. Right. Where Ingram went to college and it's kind of a little bit different, but it's good to see, you know, it's good to see him bounce back though and have the type of year that he had. I'm just saying that the argument that people are using for Brandon Ingram, who is the second pick in the draft, and I'm happy that he won it. But once again, he met expectations. It's the yes. same way Luka Doncic, as a top pick in the draft, has met expectations. You know, who is not meeting expectations? I don't think people expected Bam out of Bayou to be this good. And that's why I thought he should. I definitely been. don't think people expected Devontae Graham, you know, he thought he was going to be just a role player, to being a, a starter in the league, averaging 18 and 7.5 assists a game. That was a phenomenal trajectory. Is, is most improved player in the NBA much like a uh, comeback player of the year type? Is that... I, Kind of, I, I, I guess. But like, is there, is there guess a comeback a player of the year in basketball? No. So it must be most improved. Yeah, it must yeah, same improved. Thing. A guy like Siakam has won it in the past, right? It's, it's sometimes the harbinger to lift off. Yes. It can be the harbinger to lift off. I mean, yeah. Luca finished third after all. Agreed. But all I'm saying is Devontae Graham getting only two first place votes. Absurd. Rock Jock Absurd. Jayhawk. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Mako. Mako is ready to fix those dents, repair that collision damage, spray on a fresh coat of paint with online estimates, contactless service, and their best price guarantee. Come to Mako and roll out refresh. Go to Mako.com to get started and find a shop near you. Uh-oh, better get Mako. We'll be going to the Shell Pennzoil performance line at 8.10 a.m. Eastern time to continue our NBA conversation with Mark Jackson. He'll be on the call with Mark Jones tonight in a huge Game 7 your guy, Jamal Murray, and Jamal the Nuggets Murray. taking on the Jazz. Huge spot tonight. I just can't look at you seriously with the do-rag on. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's still key. It's, it's different, and I like it. They're not I really mean, helping me with the tight shots. Somebody, someone of my buddies texted me and said they look like a pirate. <laughs> Get me a patch. Arr, from Death Valley to Duval. The Jags crazy shakeup plan next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.